villagers, get ready. Here's Miss T with a word designed with you in mind. Greetings, listeners. You're back where it's at on the show with the flow that keeps you in the know. This is Tanisha Baker, and I'm excited once again to bring you a new edition of Talking with T. It's December 12th, and if today is your birthday, you share it with your birthday mates, the late crooner Frank Sinatra, game show host Bob Barker, actress Regina Hall, and singer Dion Warwick. Today on the national calendar is recognized as National Gingerbread House Day and National Poinsettia Day. Our theme this month is Do Right December. And so I'm going to share a few Do Right highlights with you. African-American female chemistry professor Dr. Candace Bridge was awarded $324,000 to study rape investigation methods and find new ways for sexual assault victims to identify their perpetrators, even if they've tried to get rid of DNA evidence. An anonymous man walked into H.W. Good Elementary School in Pennsylvania and paid off the outstanding lunch bills for more than 40 students. It is reported that nearly half of the kids at the school are from economically disadvantaged homes. The secret donor paid $864 to wipe out all overdue lunch amounts and then offered to pay one child's lunch for the rest of the school year. I was very moved by this act of kindness and I am continuously inspired to do right by people, to be a blessing to others and extend grace through giving. I have one more do right highlight to share this week. Employees at the Valley Stream Best Buy in Green Acres Mall of New York noticed a young man would come to the store every single day to play the Wii U on display. They decided to chip in and purchase a Wii U for him with their own money. You can see a video of his reaction on my website under today's show. The article stated that the reaction is that of a kid who hasn't had a huge amount of good things happen to him. Let me just say that finding and reporting these stories makes my heart smile. I am reminded that amidst all of the negativity we see and hear, there are still good people doing good things, and I want to be a part of that. Keep it where it's at. I'll be right back after we hear a new single from one of Knoxville's own recording artists, Miss Cherie Williams, and her song, Do Something.
Well, it's now time to welcome to the show the know-it-all Professor Jay and our lead investigator and most often instigator, P.I. Pam, as we cover our Monday Minute Quick Bits and Trending News. So I first want to welcome the both of you. Hey, now. Hey. Hey, P. and Jay. Hey, Pam. All right. Well, I want to start by picking up on a story that we started last week as we discussed the fires that were burning in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, that had devastated over 2,000 structures. And at last count, I believe there were 14 lives lost during this fire. And I'm sad to report this week that two juveniles were charged with starting those fires. And so I, I don't know why they did it. And I think the deliberation now is whether they're going to be charged in adult court or not. My next story also having to do with fires is about New York firefighter Jason Stokes, who was charged with felony arson after he set his home on fire and then blamed it on, quote, the black folks. Okay. So what was his motive behind setting this fire? I mean, did he set it deliberately for insurance purposes? Because uh, from what we can see here, there was no uh, mention of any specific individuals, and to merely say that the fire was set by, quote-unquote, the black folk, blankets a whole race of people. So clearly, right. evidently, uh, Mr. Stokes did this himself, and there was a lot of craziness from what we understand uh, going on in the uh actual structure of the house with the Blue Lives Matter flag and all other kind of foolishness that kind of leads us to believe that perhaps he was not the most mentally stable. I'm just throwing that out there. Right. Now, the story itself did not mention whether or not he was trying to get insurance money. But like you said, it did describe a pretty crazy scenario of him trying to cover up the crime. And so, you know, like, I'm just happy that they had enough evidence to actually catch him instead of being in pursuit of the, quote, black folks. My next story is Heisman Trophy winner Rashawn Salam was found dead a week ago today in Colorado near Folsom Field, where he actually became one of their greatest players. The family was told by police that his death was a suspected suicide. And his family, the community, fans, and just really those that knew him described him as a remarkable guy, and they seemed rather shocked at the news of his untimely death. So our condolences go out to his family, um, and I know that the NFL world is also grieving the loss of such a great player. Indeed. Yeah. Yes. Um, Ronald Gasser. And this is the guy who shot ex-NFL player Joe McKnight. And let me just say the NFL is suffering some tragedies lately. But Ronald Gasser, and we talked about this last week too, he shot Joe McKnight during a road rage incident. And he has now been arrested and charged with manslaughter. When we talked about it last week, you know, we were confused as to why Gasser had been set free after the altercation that ended in the death of McKnight. Well, now it seems that Gasser will indeed have to face what he did. 
So that was rather swift justice served in that case. Yeah, that whole scenario is just just crazy. I I, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know why I said anything. I'm just going to wait and see how this pans out because it's just unreal. It was real odd that they let him go in the first place. And I'm pretty sure the reason they have him now is due to pressure and really not wanting to have to justify why they did something like that. So like you said, we'll see. We'll see what happens when it goes to trial. Now, high-end retailer Barney is in trouble again. Now, two years ago, they already had to pay a fine for racially profiling their black customers. Well, another black customer filed a lawsuit against Barney's in New York this past Thursday for harassing them when they tried to return a pair of jeans and a scarf. Conrad Barton had paid $1,045 and some out change for the jeans and $321 for the scarf in September. He tried to return the item three. <laughs> How okay. much he paid for the jeans? $1,045. Okay, so did they put, did the jeans put themselves on and did they zip themselves up? That's all I want to know for that much money. You know, I was thinking that, but I guess that is the high-end luxury, you know, retail price in a store like Barney's. I've never been to Barney's, and the only reason I even know about them is because of the stories that have come up in the media about them racial profiling and their treatment of black customers. So, but yes, the amount paid for the jeans was $1,045 and the scarf was $321. He tried to return the items three weeks later with his debit card and the two receipts. And, of course, it immediately went downhill. Because they called a loss prevention officer who confiscated the items and his debit card. And then after arguing with the officer for some time, the actual store manager showed up and completed the return. And I pulled up the website while we were on my laptop right here. And these jeans, if I didn't know no better, I'd think they was Wranglers. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure what <laughs> 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 And something dollars. Yeah. Of course, they got different designs, and that's that's the cheap pack. There are some that are even more. That's ridiculous. Well, maybe he thought it was $104 and didn't pay attention until he got home and saw his debit card and receipt and said, wait a minute. I done went and paid $1,000 for some jeans and then maybe decided, which is in his right, that he wanted to take them back. Well, he has a spouse at home. And went home with some thousand dollar jeans, and they was like, "Mm, boo boo, you gotta take them back." <laughs> as, as, a, as a jeans and t-shirt type of guy, you know, if on one hand he wants to spend a thousand dollars on some jeans, I ain't mad. Yeah, that's on the other. In the on the other hand, I'm trying to figure out what kind of denim costs a thousand dollars. Like I said. Do they put themselves? Do they put themselves on you? Do they zip themselves up? And if you eat too much, do they automatically adjust to you know your waistline after you know Thanksgiving, Christmas, or Sunday dinner? I don't know because if I'm if, if I'm about to pay that much money for some jeans, they better do everything I need them to do, and they better fit right. 
in every <laughs> area. Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. <laughs> well, two dozen current and former employees claimed racial discrimination at CNN and TBS. And according to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, quote, while blacks make up 30 to 35 percent of CNN's mid-level managerial and staffing positions, the lawsuit said they are drastically underrepresented at higher pay grades and senior positions, while still being required to generally uh, labor three times as long as Caucasians for a promotion. So you can read more about the complaints that prompted the lawsuit and allegations against both CNN and TBS on the links which can be found under today's show on www.talkingwithtea.com. All right. Christopher Lee Cornell, 22 years old, from Ohio, pled guilty to charges of attempted murder of government officials and trying to provide support to a terrorist organization. He was accused of an assassination plot against President Obama and was sentenced to 30 years in jail. LeBron James and several other Cavaliers boycotted staying at Trump Hotel during their New York trip. King James says that his decision not to stay at the hotel is not a political statement but a personal preference. Now, earlier, three other NBA teams the Milwaukee Bucks, Memphis Grizzlies, and the Dallas Mavericks announced that they would stop staying at Trump-branded hotels as well. The Television Academy elects the first black chairman in its 70-year history. Hamer Washington is now the chairman and CEO. Washington has received multiple Emmys himself and has vowed to advance the Academy's efforts towards diversity and inclusion. Now, Professor Jay predicted it, and you were close to being right. Shirley Caesar has decided to take legal action, and it was reported that she was going to sue DJ Swade, who was the creator of the You Name It Challenge, for profiting off the song and selling it on iTunes along with a video that she says features negative imagery. At first, it was said she was suing for $5 million, but then her legal team clarified this with the following statement. Unfortunately, similar to you, we as a team were laughing and enjoying the video challenge until we recently discovered that DJ Sway, Empire Records, and another party took the original popular song and phrase and illegally released a different record on iTunes without our written permission. When they refused to remove the commercial song from the Internet and the video to protect Pastor's legacy and what Shirley Caesar stands for, we had to take legal action, secure a temporary injunction, and order DJ Sway to remove the video, as well as cease and desist sale. So I want to be clear. Shirley Caesar said she has not yet filed an official lawsuit. They just want them to remove the video and stop selling the song. Shirley says y'all not y'all not gonna twerk to her music or anything <laughs> that does not represent her as a woman of God. Y'all need to cut it. They play that song on everything. I mean, that song it spread fast. Yeah, it did. A fourteen year old in Nevada 
was shot by police when the student refused to put down a knife he had drawn to attack others. And they said the ball was waving and swinging the knife at other students and resulted in the school being put on lockdown. And then, of course, when the police shot him, he was taken to the hospital in critical condition. So we're not yet sure what set this team off, but the high school is questioning the officer's use of force on a 14-year-old. When I was hearing this story, it seemed at first how they were reporting it, that he just got a knife and he was just, you know, trying to stab people and all this. But then after reading it, they said he had been bullied and, you know, people, they had set up this fight and everything and he was trying to defend himself. But it kind of, I don't know. It just, it was just sad to me because the fact that he was being bullied all this time, that's the only alley that he could see. And then on top of that, they shot him, you know, and I'm thinking, but could you have maced him or, you know, shot him with the beanbag? Did you really have to shoot him, shoot him? I don't know. It's just a lot. Yeah. Right. You're right about that. And him being so young, and again, he just haven't had enough life experiences sometimes know how to cope um, with bullying or with problems, and they seem so magnified to them at a young age. And so, you know, this isn't the first story that we've heard about a kid who's been bullied and just quit. But I hope right. he pulls through, and we'll see what happens as they investigate the officer's use of force here. Now, my next story is pretty interesting. I've been following this gentleman, and I'm not sure why, other than just really trying to gain some understanding into his thought process. But white nationalist Richard Spencer shared as a part of his message to Texas A&M University the following. America was, until this past generation, a white country designed for ourselves and our posterity. It is our creation, it is our inheritance, and it belongs to us. Now, the president of Texas A&M, uh, Michael K. Young, stated this is not who we are. He also said we did not invite him, we did not want him here, nobody from the university, no student organization, nobody invited him here. So I'm not sure how he ended up with the platform to make his speech, but he is something else. And if you did not see the interview between Roland Martin and Richard Spencer, I encourage you to check it out. I posted a link to this video as well under today's show on www.talkingwithtea.com. Now, more white supremacists are starting to be vocal and bold in the aftermath of Trump's election. And although Trump says he is not connected to a movement he describes as fostering racism and white supremacy, Spencer said that Trump has a deep connection to the alt-right because of his commitment to white superiority. We have to keep it cute, and okay. I was about to not be cute, so let's move on. Okay. So while we're on the topic, New York Giants, Nikita Whitlock's home, was vandalized for the second time with hateful graffiti and swatch stickers, KKK, and other racist messages that were sprawled throughout his home. Then, days later, Denver Broncos linebacker Brandon Marshall 
received a letter on Instagram full of racial slurs. In the article, it was said that most of the letter was unfit for print. So, you know, I'm just hurt that racism and hatred are at the forefront, and I really think it's just swallowing the innocence of young minority children because if they're listening to the news, reading any type of media, they're going to continue to see similar stories over and over. It seems like every week we say, well, hopefully next week we won't have any of these stories, and then every week we do, where mm-hmm. something is, you know, something else comes out with some form of racism, and you think, it's about to be 2017, and we are still dealing with the things that our parents and grandparents dealt with. Right. It's really sad. Yeah. Well, in trending news, the Trump soccer continues as what I consider a bad reality show while he's on his victory tour. And I was thinking, I heard that name somewhere. Wasn't that the uh, same name that the Jackson said? Oh, yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Okay. Well, Trump is on his victory tour. The Jacksons were a lot more enjoyable. Yes, I'm sure. Yes, they were. So critics are up in arms about his continuously controversial appointment and his non-traditional approach to being the president of the United States. And that's something else. You know, every time I turn around, he's making some. So every time I turn around, he's making one of these wild hair appointments that are really making people question his judgment and question why he continues to put people that are seemingly unqualified in such important positions. Yeah, and it seems as if every appointment that he's made within the past couple of weeks or so, none of the individuals have the qualifications to operate in the office that that they've been appointed to. Ben Carson as Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, who has according to uh, several sources, never lived in an urban housing project when his main area of expertise and his claim to fame is uh, medicine. You've got uh, Miss DeVos, I can't think of her first name, is it Betsy or whatever, who is President-elect Trump's appointment for Secretary of Education, who is a staunch proponent of the charter movement, whose children have never attended public schools. She has no qualifications in the education arena herself. So, you know, as an educator, and I'm sure, Tanisha, you probably would agree with me, I really don't think that she would be qualified to tell us how we should do our jobs, at least on a national level. And every other appointment that he's made, again, here recently, has raised a well-arched eyebrow uh, Mm -hmm. because, it comes out that these people who he's appointed are not qualified to do what they've been appointed to do. But other sources, other sources rather, have said that it's really all about the money. And so he's well, trying to get, yeah, it, it says that all he's really trying to do is get people in these various positions who have money. And truth be told, honestly, from a more realistic perspective, they can have money. That'd be great. That'd be fabulous. But at the end of the day, you need to know how to do your job. Right. And I did hear that as well, that most of the people that he's appointed so far are at the level of multimillionaire to billionaire status. And I'll say this. Maybe, since he isn't qualified himself, 
he just thought he'd gather other people around him that weren't qualified and maybe it wouldn't make him look so bad. I'm not sure what his strategy is, but it's getting more bizarre each day. If he's appointing somebody to be the Secretary of Education who's never worked in public education, I think, you know, perhaps we should kind of put our bid in somewhere. You know, like, hey, but wait a minute, we're, we're, we're a little bit too, um, we're a little bit too, too dark. I'm just saying. Well, uh, 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 speak, speak for yourself, boo. Speak for yourself. <laughs> well, I mean, you might be able to be the, the secretary of what is it? The, the, you might you might be able to make the surgeon general. I'm just saying. Yeah, I might I might have, I might be the cutout because they said um, anything uh, darker than a, a paper bag. I think I'm I think I'm under a little paper bag. I might yeah, be a little Kroger bag. Of course, a Kroger bag. Well, yeah, well, that, that would, that would, that would cut me out of the running because, you know, I, I'm, I'm right at Corbett Bag status and then, you know, I got these locks, so. Yeah, well, never yeah. mind. I'm sorry, listeners, I was quiet for a moment. I was having a, a word of prayer over here for my co-host <laughs> as we tried to determine if we would be qualified to serve in Trump's cabinet. Now, I personally, wouldn't want to be anywhere near it, but uh, he's just randomly pulling names out of the hat, so you never know. Now, Trump, to the dismay of many, and the delight of some, was named as Time Magazine's Person of the Year. And, you know, some people were upset about that, but Time defended their choice, saying that it really was the person who had influenced the most people over the course of the year. And if that definition holds true, I can understand that. But we just hate to see him grace the cover of any magazine in what has generally been a positive light. Now, right. Well, I was also going to throw out there that uh, when he was announced as person of the year, he had an issue with the fact that he was announced as the person of the year, but rather than... Time Magazine billing him as the President of the United States of America. They billed him as the President of the Divided States of America. And his whole thing on the Today Ooh. Show was that he didn't divide America when anybody who has not been hiding under a rock for the past year or so knows that in recent history he's probably run the most divisive campaign known to man. Mm -hmm. But this is the same guy who had issues with Saturday Night Live making parodies of him. So apparently, you know, he has very thin skin. Again, I'm just saying what I'm saying. Sorry. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, while we're on here, let me say this, too. Now, intelligence contends that Russia has the Democratic Party during the election. And Trump dismissed that as merely a possibility. You know, he's not taking any stock into what intelligence is saying. And I start thinking as president, isn't he supposed to heavily regard the information provided by central intelligence? I mean, he also stated that he didn't want to be briefed every day, saying it was no need to hear the same information over and over, because typically every day the president has a briefing where they share important information or things uh, that has happened in the 24, last 24 hours. He said he didn't need to hear all that. Okay, I'm just like, so, <laughs> with, I that, mean, with that being said, if he doesn't want to be briefed every day and 
whosoever will falls for that okie doke and we wind up, God forbid, uh, having some sort of major incident happening on American soil with their clearly intelligence buzzing around in the air that he could have gotten wind of, you know, we can all point our fingers at the, you know, executive comb over that's going to be living in the White House. Part time. He said he's already already smart. And when Sylvie said that, I thought about, you smart, you kind. (laughs) Well, shut up, Buckle. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. Let's move on. I have another story to share on a different note, actually. Last Monday, the courts concluded that it could not come to an agreement on a guilty verdict against Officer Michael Slager, who had killed Walter Scott. So just as a reminder, authorities first maintained that Slager had done everything by procedure and that he confronted Scott and a physical altercation broke out and he used lethal force to defend himself. Well, then, three days later, the video emerged showing Slager shooting Scott several times in the back from a distance. So we all know Scott was unarmed at the time. He was running away. His back was to the officer. So after the video was released, Slager was fired, arrested, and charged with murder. Now I understand that he will walk free. And I I mean, how did this turn around? I know P.I. Pam has investigated this and has some insight on how Slager evaded charges of killing an unarmed armed black man in the back. Well, the way that he was able not to get charged for this is that there were 11 Caucasians on the jury and one African-American man who was also the foreman. And after yeah, after deliberations, they couldn't agree on him being charged for first-degree murder. So it was a mistrial. Now, keep in mind, this county is 65% black, so I'm not exactly under. That was my first issue. Why was there only one black man on the jury? And so this black man's name is Mr. Dorsey Montgomery II. That's what we call him. And come to find out that he goes on all these different shows and tells them that he was not convinced that Slaker was guilty. He said they had one individual who was just deadlocked that he wasn't changing at all, and there were five others who were undecided. Now, I'm not exactly sure what video they saw, but from what I saw is that he shot him from a distance while he was running, and then on top of that, he planted a taser next to him, close to his body, to show to show that he Try to cover it up. was... Uh, Yeah, try to cover it up, so I'm not understanding that. And the real kicker is that this man, Mr. Dorsey, as we'll call him, he had prior charges pending prior to being selected. So, and I'm, and I've been selected for jury duty and they will exclude you for anything. So I'm not exactly sure why he got the go ahead, but now that all this has transpired, I see why because miraculously all his charges were dropped. He was caught stealing at Best Buy and other things. So yeah, at Best Buy. Oh. Yeah, now it seems like he's just cashing in on, you know, Mr. Scott's death because he has been on everything. 
Now, nobody else, none of the other jurors have came out and spoke about it, but he seems to be the representative to talk about it. And so if you've seen him on The View, how about Jay? Well, I didn't see him on The View, but I saw him on the Today Show. And, I mean, I, I'm I'm really questioning, first of all, uh, his credibility, his sanity, and any other entity that probably would be applicable <laughs> here because he wanted to make himself look extremely grand on the Today Show. And he was sitting up there perched with this pleather, might have been leather jacket on. I know he was hot. And, you know, somebody should have told him that his undershirt was showing. And so... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. I can I mm. hardly take him seriously given the fact that he was the foreman on this case and uh, he was very instrumental in the ruling that went forth. So, you know, I'm just like, you're already sitting, but there are several other seats you need to have, sir. And he had the nerve, the audacity to say that he didn't see anything malicious about it. He thinks that Slager just had a brief disturbance in reasoning. So even if they did convict him, they couldn't convict him of first-degree murder. It would have to be voluntary manslaughter. So I, I don't I don't even know what to say. Well, I know, I mean, voluntary manslaughter would have been better than just walking away free. I well, mean, he would have. I just, like many, we see the video, it's clear as day. And we just don't understand. And I'm sure, I don't, I just don't think this is going to be the end of it. I mean, I know the whole double jeopardy thing, but this just doesn't seem right. Right. So, and Matt Lauer yeah. even mentioned uh, that the victim's mother said that uh, it's not over until God said that it's over. And Dorsey, Mr. Montgomery, whatever you want to call him, was very flippant in his response and pretty much said that justice has been served. And I'm just like, dude, well, you know, you're not the final judge. You're not the final jury. You may have been the foreman, but there's a greater foreman than you. Uh, Don't say it, Jay. Say it. Here. (laughs) And and to think that Slager's family is complaining because they say they can't live their lives. They have to have constant... I mean, constant security because they fear for their lives. And I'm thinking, how ironic is that? Mm. Pam, uh, before we close, do you have anything for the Crazy Chronicles today? Yes, I do. You know, we all love candles. We all love good-smelling candles. Mm. And then, you know, we all love chicken. We all love good-smelling chicken. So why not Wait put... A <laughs> This don't even sound like it's getting ready to go in the right direction. But. Well, who is cooking some bad smelling chicken? That's all I, that's all I know. <laughs> you know, uh, when you go to the little hole in the wild and they put the chicken and the fish in the same grease and they be old, you know that kind of chicken? Oh, well, no, not, no. We don't cook okay. chicken or chicken and <laughs> Well, KFC has released the fried chicken scented candle. And it's getting some, some mixed reviews because, you know, they cannot possibly be romantic when you go to somebody's house. <laughs> that, cannot, that cannot put you in well, the somebody's house. They say. The KFC is what? Finger licking good. Finger licking I mean, good. a way to a man's heart is through his stomach. So he, he walk in, 
It smell like KFC fried chicken. It might put them in the mood. I don't well, know. now, yes. <laughs> well, let, let me throw this out here. Skinny, skinny boy problem. If I walk okay. in the house and I smell fried chicken, I'm going to expect to see a two-piece and a biscuit. Yes, that's a size. Well, KFC ain't got to have no size, but, you know, just a, a, a breast and a wing and a biscuit will do in a crunch. But if, if you know your house smells like fried chicken, KFC, I'm expect to eat some chicken after a while. And if you come with some kale on a plate, then I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> I'm just what about when they when they blow the candle out, Jay? He's gonna be mad. He's gonna be some gonna be growling. Yes, he's gonna be he's gonna be ready to go. And the crazy thing is, this isn't the first time that somebody has put out some candles like this. This company called Greg's put out a candle called Bacon Sandwich sent from heaven. Ooh, I and love also, bacon. <laughs> I that's bacon. And that. I also, <laughs> you said what? I just wanted to say that. <laughs> Because everybody that knows me knows that. Not that I want it for Christmas or anything. Please. Please, listeners. I do not want yes. the bacon scented candles. <laughs> Go ahead, Pam. And Pringles, Pringles also had some candles. They had three different mm. kinds. Pigs in a blanket, Texas barbecue, and cheese scented candles. Now, they've gone too far now. That, that's just ridiculous. Who wants to be smelling cheese? Is it government cheese or real cheese? Because I need to know. They need I to mean, cut it, but not the only me. time cheese has a strong smell is you know what? Never mind, never mind. <laughs> That's <laughs> it for this bit. Uh, I'm just, I'm done. I'm just gonna wait and see what the two of you have to say next week, and I can't wait to tell it. <laughs> and you know, I'm going to say it. Be reminded that you can now call in and leave your thoughts on topics or issues, and your call just may be featured on an upcoming show. The call-in number is 865-409-1170. Again, that's 865-409-1170. Also make note that I'm always looking to share and highlight music from rising artists. I look forward to more submissions for T's Top Teens and Hometown Heroes. I'm anxious to get some artists and featured guests lined up as we approach 2017. Well, once again, we've come to the end. But stay engaged by visiting www.talkingwitht.com and following the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Remember that you can listen to Talking With T anytime on Blueberry, SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, or Google Music. New shows drop each Monday. Subscribe to Talking With T Daily, the online daily newspaper, to get your daily scoop of trending news and find out what we're talking about. On that note, I'll end with a quote. Never, never be afraid to do what's right, especially if the well-being of a person or animal is at stake. Society's punishments are small compared to the wounds we inflict on our soul when we look the other way. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Remember where you heard the word and keep the peace until next week. You've been listening to Talking with Teeth.